So um, what we're going to do is we're just going to go around. I'm, I'm one of your hosts. I'm Leticia from, uh, I'm from Austin, Texas. I'm a registered nurse. And we could just introduce ourselves starting with Empress Monica up top. <laughs> okay. Um, peace family, peace goddesses, peace empresses. Uh, my name is Monica. Um, currently, I work. Uh, for the government, I work for the post office, and um, I'm a mama too. And uh, yeah, um, just kind of living my life, doing my thing, raising the consciousness. That's peace, Empress Maxine. You want to introduce yourself, Empress? Yes, hello, sister. So glad to be here. Um, I am a licensed health plan advisor, it's my first career, and I also have a company called Ministry and Wellness, LLC, and I specialize in alternative solutions and detox, and I live in the great state of Los Angeles, and um, I also host a, a circle meeting called Ministry and Wellness Healing Circle that we do every other week, so this is a nice offset to that. So I'm excited to be here. Nice to meet all of you. You as well. Thank you. Empress Angie, you want to go next? Yeah. Um, hi, I'm Angie. Um, a mom of three. My oldest is 20. Um, I also work with Cindy on her show. Um, I host myself and my show is called Thoughts of a Light Skinned Woman. Um, I don't know. I guess that's it. <laughs> Best piece. Oh, I, yeah, I uh, enjoy your show, by the way. <laughs> Thank you. I need to check it out. Uh, Yashina in Organic Dispensary. Oh, yes. Hi. Is hey it my there. turn? Is it my chair? Yes, ma'am. I just didn't want to call you by your LLC. <laughs> okay with that, I will. <laughs> Hello, my name is Yashika Miller. I'm um, the owner of organic dispensary. Um, I specialize in selling mostly supplements um, or, you know, like CMOS and um, black seed capsules um, to, you know, help boost the immune system. Um, I'm also a nurse um, in which I've been a nurse in the nursing field for the longest time. I'm so tired of it. Um, <laughs> but I, I love what I do, but I'm just tired. You know, you do get burnt out. Um, I'm also a mom um, and a grandma and a, a divorcee. Um, I was once married. And I'm just, you know, looking to help change the lives of, of others through, you know, eating right and thinking right. You know, it's a mental thing. Awesome. Okay. Thank you. Thank you, Sheena. And if I say your name wrong, please forgive me. It's fine. Okay. <laughs> um, and then uh, Jackie Q, pleasure again to hear hear from you on this show. Thank you, Queen. Thank you. I just wanted to say I, I did catch you on uh, Brother Yurima's platform the other day. It was it was uh, uh, remarkable. Thank you for the wealth of information. You're quite welcome. 
um, and thank you for tapping in and uh, following along. Um, we're just trying to bring in as much awareness as possible. So um, let me start by introducing myself. I'm Jackie Q, um, and I am a uh, retired quality assurance officer. I've been in the uh, public transportation space for about 17 years, working in New York City Transit, and then relocated here to D.C., and started um, working for uh, DOD with the Department of Army, Wounded Warriors, and then on to Metro as a uh, quality assurance officer. And I retired myself, I was tired. So I then started uh, a business. My oldest daughter uh, graduated from Duke Ellington and uh, she's an artist. And uh, we sell her art on Mistress Anju LLC I also started a second business during quarantine, which is Jaoni Products. Um, it's a skin, hair, and wellness business. And now I am an advocate for our Black farmers, um, Black and disadvantaged farmers here in the United States, trying to bring awareness to the dire state that we are in uh, and working on a project in Senegal, Africa. And we are looking for investors, uh, small equity investors, um, you know, and the agricultural space uh, abroad. So I'm excited to be here among my queens, my sisters, uh, and and sip some tea on these top topics. <laughs> Thanks for having me, and and shout out to Miss Cindy uh, for allowing us to use this platform. Um, you know, to bring some awareness to the issues we face every day. Thanks again. Oh, definitely. Thank you. Oh. Um... <clears throat> we'll definitely need to exchange informations behind the scenes. Um, and then, of course, here, because we want to reach, you know, as many as we can of our melanated uh, emperors and empresses so that we can collectively unify on the front, you know. So thank you again for, for your service. Um, Empress Chanel, I've worked with Empress Chanel. She's such a beautiful spirit and um i just am uh elated thank you so much sis thank you so much um listen i am super excited to be on this call tonight um some of you ladies i met some um i only met virtually some i met in person um i'm super excited to be on this chat with you guys because when i tell you we got some things to talk about oh I love it. I love it. I love it. Um, so my name is Chanel, and many of you guys might know my other half. Uh, you guys know him as Wealth, and uh, my husband and I we have our we have a few businesses. We've been married 18 years. We have four kids together, ages two, three, 13, and 16, and uh, we have an events-based business here in New York, in Brooklyn, New York. We have um, our business coaching business called Power Couples in Business. So we actually coach other entrepreneurs that's expiring to build a legacy. We help you guys do mentorship by helping you create a personalized blueprint on how to build that legacy for your family. And I'm excited to be on this call tonight because um, we have a lot of uh, topics in our community that I just I'm passionate about speaking about. So. I would love to hear what you ladies have to say. And I'm going to pass it on to Miss Toreen. Peace, peace and light to all the goddesses in the room. Um, 
I'm Peace so excited to be here. Um, so excited to be here tonight to be a part of this divine feminine conversation um, that is much needed. Um, but I am a singer. I'm also a songwriter. I love to write music, and I'm a I, I'm a financial coach. Um, I'm a new financial coach, and I actually work with Chanel and her husband. Um, that's something that I'm very much looking forward to in the future for me. But yeah, um, I'm glad to be here tonight with all you ladies to um, to contribute in this conversation tonight. So um, again, peace and light to everyone. Thank you for that, Empress. It's always good to see your beautiful face. Thank y'all. Um, and then we have Carrie. Carrie came in. Hey, sis, and please introduce yourself and uh, let us know where you're at. Hey, hey. hey I made it. <laughs> Sorry for uh, being tardy. Um, I'm Carrie. Um, I am in Arizona. Um, I'm a nurse by trade. I am um, happy to be here like everyone else. I, I consider myself sort of an all-around crafter. I have, um, I'm actually starting a little online business where I um, um, sell plants and my crafts. I just do a little bit of everything. Um, I make um, jams, uh, body butters, um, just anything I sew do um, bead work, just anything, everything. And I'm just, uh, you know, just happy to be here and good, willing to contribute no matter how, wherever I'm needed. That's what's up. My audio is copied. Yes, ma'am. Thank you. Thank you for that. I think we met um, during uh, the Greek and meet. Yeah. Yeah, that's what's up. Yes, we met yesterday. Awesome, yeah. It, these days just been running together for me, so yeah, gotta excuse me. Um, so I just need to make sure everyone knows to check us out on onthewakeupradio.com or otw2.com. Call in to 844-818-4433. Um, this is your panel. I'm one of your many hosts. Um, the, you know, we're just coming together uh, in our divine femininity to reach out to the to those who are like minded or are truth seeking. Um, and we all come with an array of different personalities and wealth of knowledge. So I'm, I'm grateful to be here. I, too, am a nurse. I'm a mother of four. Um, my youngest is three. My oldest is 25. Um, I can't believe that, like his age, but, uh, either way, I, I feel good about, about where, um, you know, things are with, with us, uh, you know, as, as, a, a tribe here, um, the vibe seems real authentic. And that's one thing that we have to make sure, you know, we, we keep, keep it 100 in, in this space and, just be open to share um, in a healthy way. So um, let's see here. Uh, we are going to have topics that we discuss. And so um, one of the topics we were um, interested in was the, the one in uh, the Monique with the hair bonnets. 
Does everyone remember that? Hey, my sweet babies. So, um, it took me a minute to say what I'm getting ready to say because I want to make sure I'm not saying it in judgment. And I want to make sure I'm saying it from a place of love. Y'all, some of y'all have given me the title of auntie. And I'm honored that y'all do that, right? But there are times where auntie got to talk to her babies and say some real shit. So yesterday, I was in the airport in Atlanta because I'm in Jackson, Mississippi now at Chuckles Comedy Club, right? And we got three shows tonight. We got a matinee at 5.30, then we got seven, then we got 10, right? And I'm excited. I always love going to the stage. So when we got to the airport yesterday, I was excited, like, all right, baby, let's go get him in Jackson, Mississippi. And as we began to walk through the airport, I saw so many, actually too many to count and too many for me to tap. But I saw so many of our young sisters in head bonnets, scarves, slippers, pajamas, blankets wrapped around them. And this is how they're showing up to the airport. And it, I've been seeing it, not just at the airport, I've been seeing it at the store, at the mall. I've been seeing sisters showing up with these bonnets and headscarves and their slippers. And the question that I'm having to you, my sweet babies, when did we lose pride in representing ourselves? When did we step away of let me make sure I'm presentable when I leave my home. Let me make sure I'm representing the family I created so that if I'm out in the street, I look like I have pride in myself. And I'm not saying no full face of makeup. I'm not saying no full front lace frontal. I'm not saying none of that. All I'm saying is, could you please comb your hair? And if you don't want to comb your hair, they got enough shit out here now, baby, where you can style yourself up and look like you have pride. I'm not saying you don't have pride, but the representation that you're showing, someone would have to ask you to know that you had it. So my sweet babies, for the ones that do call me auntie, I love you for real. Even the ones that don't, I love y'all asses too. But the babies that say auntie to me, Please listen to auntie. Always have pride in your representation of you. It's not to get a man. It's not. It is just your representation of you, my sweet babies. So I'm just giving y'all a warning. If I see you in the streets, in the airport, in the Walmart, and you got a bonnet on and you got slippers on and you looking like what the fuck? I'm Nikki going to tap you and say, hey, baby girl, show you what you worth. Show you what you deserve. So all of those posts that you see celebrities putting out there saying, hey, queen, hey, queen, hey, queen. Well, can we start putting it into action? So I'm asking our wiser sisters, when we see our little babies out there looking like they just don't care, and I'm not saying y'all don't, it looks like it. Can we just tap them and say, baby girl, you deserve more than what you're showing. Represent you with pride, my babies. And that may be a part of us 
helping our community. Because if you look like you don't give a damn, how you gonna be treated? So, when I say, hey queen, I can only say it to the sisters that it belongs to. Because a lot of us are still in queen training. So if you're in queen training, stop being fearful of taking your position. And queens don't walk around with bonnets and headscarves and slippers and pajamas. That's for the house. When you go outside, represent you, baby, like you are worthy and you deserve the title of Hey Queen. Uh, Nikki, love y'all for real. And I ain't never gonna BS you. Stop wearing them damn bonnets and head scarves looking like don't nobody give a damn about you nor do you give a damn about yourself. Cause you beautiful. So represent it. I love y'all for real, my babies. So, yeah, I'm I'm definitely interested in jumping in on this one with these shenanigans. Yes. The, the, <laughs> let me tell you, this thing went yes. viral about some bonnets in public. I listen, I got a whole bunch I can say about that. <laughs> I I don't know. I yeah, I'm I'm with you, Jackie Q. I have a whole lot of conversation to talk about that. Yes, I didn't know. I honestly <laughs> did not know how to feel because I know I have, you know, kind of slid out real quick, make a run to the supermarket, you know, if we needed something and, and, and I didn't have the hair together and I didn't have time. Um, mm -hmm. Don't get me wrong. It wasn't one of those poofy bonnets, but I did do a nice little tie up or something to run outside. So I wasn't quite sure if she was like don't cover your hair at all or is it just the the round poofy bonnets like which ones are, <laughs> is there a choice <laughs> well it's, it's not even if it stopped at the bonnets that would be one thing but they're wearing whole pajamas outside that was her other thing what she talked about in the video was that these young ladies were walking through the airport with their pjs on and their bonnets and you know, and the whole course was, when do we lose dignity? And I'm telling you, when Big Mama's not around, there's nobody to keep these young ladies to, to in check or to, you know, to teach them to groom them. And I think that's where we, we lost them in that area. Oh, absolutely, sis. Um, I actually was sent a picture about two weeks ago. A friend of mine was in Applebee's and this is when the topic was hot and she sent me a picture and she said, this is exactly what Monique was talking about mm -hmm. because our sister was sitting at the bar during happy hour. I mean, she was like having a whole conversation and my friend zoomed in and there it is, the big red bonnet on her head. And I said, okay, I, I get it. It makes sense. Um, it's a little, it's tacky. It, it's really it is tacky. tacky. It is tacky. Yeah, it is. I agree. I remember when I, um, when I was little, um, we weren't allowed to come out of the house looking, um, a certain way. And said, I remember when I was a kid, um, we had, uh, so we had two different sets of clothes. We weren't allowed to wear our inside clothes outside. We had right. our outside clothes. And when we came home, we had to take off the outside clothes and put on our inside clothes and you dare not wear the inside clothes outside and exactly, you know things exactly. like, you know, like bonnets and things like that was definitely a no-no 
So yeah, right. I, I, I agree with Jackie. Jackie Q, I'm sorry. <laughs> um, you know, uh, like I would wrap my head, right. but there's a difference between wrapping your head, you know, as in like, you know, like a sisterly type of exactly. head wrap and wearing a nightly bonnet. Like, you know, that's something that you're gonna go to sleep in. You know, I think it's it's a it's a distinctive difference. It is. Tareen, did you want to chime in? Yes, I was just gonna say it's, it's definitely a difference. It's definitely a difference between the two. You know, I know some people just think that it's okay, like, oh, I'm just running out real quick. But you know, just as I mean, you're just rolling out the bed and you're just going out to Walmart amongst other people. Like, the least you can do is just get a, another scarf or a wrap and make fix it yourself more up. Presentable. Right. Yeah, just you know, just a little bit. Don't just you know, good and well, you slept in that bonnet all night. But you're gonna get up <laughs> and you're gonna take them over because you got to get some eggs or something like that. Well, that same trip that you're taking to put your shoes on, to put your jacket on, whatever the weather is, you right? Decide, that's, it only takes about a minute, literally, to tie a scarf around your head. So, yeah, yeah and, and a cute one at that. Be colorful, right. you know, dress it up mm -hmm. a little bit. Rub it. I mean, you got to slip those baby hairs down, it doesn't take five minutes to you know accessorize just a little bit but the whole entire uh nightwear uh uh get up to to go outside in public is um it it, it you know i came from the south and we were taught taught about uh, you know, having couth as young women and i remember my grandmother used to say you know she has no couth and that means that she has no dignity or respect for herself. And um, you're starting to see more and more of that with our younger generation. It's just that I don't know if no one is teaching them. Um, but if we are relying on social media, I'll, um, I would be surprised if they don't come out with the bonnet with some, some booty shorts or some boy shorts or halter and some slippers. Because <laughs> that's the way, you know, that's the direction they're heading today. And, um, you know, if you have young ladies that you're raising. Um, they already maybe, do that. Yeah. Like, you know, you, you're going to have to um, kind of rein them in some because it, it's embarrassing it for is. all of us. Right. They learn from their mothers. Though. Yeah, that's, that's if, if I could just chime in. Run down t-shirts and shorts and they running out with they bonnets too so their daughters are doing the same thing they're doing yeah that's that's what i was just going to say we have one of the empresses in the building who mentioned a topic that's pretty hot um empress chanel with the topic that i think is worth you know touching on um is the imprint the Vag vaginal imprint, you know, mm. or what we call camel toe. So, uh, Empress Chanel, would you like to just cut this right quick and let's see if uh, we can get Empress Cindy to find the clip in the meantime. Yes, yes. So, so I saw um, an image on Instagram where she was wearing like like uh, one of the the queens just said she was wearing like these short shorts that looked like. You know how you have the boy shorts as underwear? So she was wearing something like that with a crop top. And like, you can just see the the imprint of, you know, of her vagina. 
So my question was, you know, when did this become acceptable? You know, like when is it okay for us to just come outside with with everything hanging out and we're wondering why our men don't respect us as as women, as ladies when we're acting more like, you know, tramps. And I'm going to say it and I'm I'm not apologetic about it like we're acting like tramps and wondering why men are not respecting us as respectable women. You know, like people treat you how you treat yourself. So mm -hmm. if I'm coming out the house with everything, you know, bearing off for the world, then I can't expect someone to look at me and call me a queen or an empress or, or, you know, ma'am, mm -hmm. can I open your door and things like that? Because that's not the image that I'm putting out. I just wanted to add I, that. Um, I, can, I can answer that. I feel that at what's been happening when it comes to the women and, and they're doing stuff like that. We're in this different generation now where women think that because of their vaginas or because they have that camel print or whatever you want to call it, they consider that to be something that like, oh, men love this, or this is sexy. So now all of a sudden it becomes a trend where now women think they want to walk around and show that print. <laughs> and that's what I've noticed, um, especially about around the people that I've been around, like that's become a thing like it's just, i don't i can't explain it but i feel like when it comes to certain women um i feel like we've become in this whole little competitive thing about like whose thing is better and i feel like that's where we're at when it comes to things like that it's always the uh, you know like mine's is better or let me show my print because you know so. today i'm here to talk about feminism in general but uh there's the hypocrisy between the way they want men to dress and the way they want uh, women to be able to dress. And that's what I'm going to be talking about today. And I'm going to point that out. So the way women, I should say feminist, because not all women dress that way. But the type of things that they want to be able to wear with impunity, with no one being able to say anything about them. I think that's ridiculous. For instance, they'll put on their skimpy, skin-tight shorts and tops. And with these outfits, they go out and they exercise, um, they exercise and dance uh, while their lady parts are showing. Because you can see every little crease and cranny in those things. There's nothing, there's nothing left for the imagination. It's all just sitting right out there. And they're doing this in front of kids. So women, you are the damn perverts. You want to sit around and do this stuff in front of kids? Doesn't bother you. I guess that's why there's so many of you dating junior high school age kids, sleeping with them, having babies by them. You women are a bunch of hypocrites. You try to charge men with all this vile stuff and look at here. You're the one. You're the one that's doing it right out in public, right out in the open. You go everywhere with these damn little skimpy things on. You, we see you everywhere. And then yet we're supposed to cower when you're around in that kind of stuff and look away like we don't see you and, and all this crap, I don't. If I see you and you have nerve enough to, to come around me with something like that on, I'm going to look. I advise every man to do likewise. Don't let them make you feel bad about them wearing something they shouldn't be wearing and then you feel bad about it. A lot of these women have no shame at all. They're exhibitionists. That's what they are. You walk around like that, bearing your, bearing your body. Of course, we know the top parts that, that uh, are, are supposed to refrain your breasts. That's hardly anything. 
They're pushed up and out in any way you can think of. You women just have no damn shame, do you? Not at all. As I said, we see you everywhere in the malls, in, in stores, shopping, uh, grocery stores, swap meets, basketball games, football games, everywhere. And yet you don't think that men should have an opinion about what you have on. I think most men have opinions, but they're not allowed to say them. I'll tell you one thing. I'm not going to look away. You don't sway the way I think about it. If you say something to me about looking at you, I'm going to tell you about it. I'm going to tell you how trampy you look. You don't want me to look at you wear some damn clothes. Otherwise, don't be talking to me about my natural instinct to look at you if you're wearing something that I can determine through your so-called clothes what it looks like, the very shape of it, every little crease and cranny. You don't want that to happen? Wear some goddamn clothes. You women are sick in the head. So I advise you, fellas, don't be scared. Don't let these women uh, fool you into being ashamed about something that comes natural to you. That's what they're asking you to do. Or not even asking. They're demanding that you do. Ignore your own self, your own natural feelings about things, just so that they can be excused for exposing themselves. So you women, don't expect it. Don't expect it anymore. You want to parade yourself around with with all this 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 I don't even know the right word to use for this kind of clothing you wear but if you want to parade yourself around in it don't expect anybody to just look away and just let you go continue to wear this skimpy ass clothing that you wear not gonna happen anymore it's time for you to stop being a three four five year old child grow up get some responsibility Understand that when you walk out in public, you need to carry yourself correctly. Not go out there like you have no damn sense. Just putting on anything you want to put on and expect nobody not to say or or even look at you. That's craziness. Craziness. But I digress. So to add on to what Angie was saying um, in the, the short clip that we just saw, um, yeah, I, I, I don't like the fact that we're wearing these like spandex that you can like see right through. Like you can see everything. Like <laughs> I feel like it leaves nothing to the imagination. And then um like one of the other queens just said, you know, what are we teaching our daughters if as mothers we're coming out of our homes looking this way? You know, we're setting the example that it's okay for us for us as for our daughters to dress this way. Now my question is if you have a daughter and she dresses that way would you be okay you know like is that is would you be allowing your daughter to come out of the house the way you come out of the house um i guess i just want to ask that to the room and see what you guys think because i know i'm not okay i know if i could chime in um for myself uh i'm not okay with it uh, my daughter just turned 20 in january and uh <laughs> she actually just moved out this weekend uh, with her and a couple of her girlfriends. So they have their own place now. So, you know, with that, I don't have much say on what she does, but ever since she was in high school, it's, it's been an ongoing battle ongoing. And I've had to check her plenty of times because I know she didn't see me dressing that way, but with the indoctrination and, you know, her idols being, Megan this and Nikki that and whatever else. And, um, you know, and I, I would just tell her like, okay, this is not appropriate. 
And some days I wouldn't even let her leave the house unless she changed her clothes. And sometimes I wouldn't even let her leave the house if she didn't have on a bra. So, and that's just me because I'm I'm a little bit more old school. And uh, and just to piggyback with the bonnets, like there's 50 million tutorials on just how to do a head wrap, you know. And I just wanted to add that. So, yeah, with my daughter, yeah, I didn't tolerate it. So now she's doing her thing. I agree. I agree, Sister Monica. I have three beautiful um, young queens and my oldest is 25 my middle is 18 my youngest is about to be 17 and I'm not having it period um, it's not up for discussion it's not up for debate um, I don't care how old you are <laughs> I look good in orange <laughs> and I tell them that I look good in orange orange is my color but what I do, what I have noticed is that um, the influence is our music today, our, our artists, um, our ladies mm -hmm. that are, um, you know, releasing records like WAP. And it's becoming trendy. And our kids, they follow whatever's trending. So, um, I literally just uh, went on and Googled the camel toe and happened to come across um, a site that sells camel toe panties. What? So, yes, yes, there are camel toe underwear. So it lists the names of the artists that actually made this trend. That was Kim Kardashian or the Kardashians. Um, Cardi B is one of them. It's, it's our artists is those females that are in the public uh eye and our children our young ladies are idolizing them so we have to pull them back from the videos the music um you know whatever is out there that's that's uh being an influence on them and we have to try to teach them something else you know kind of oh, point them in a different direction as, as mothers okay i i I definitely can relate from just being a young lady myself and, and know that, that um, these, the, as Jackie Q mentioned, our children will follow the trends. And so it definitely falls on us to be held accountable. Of course, you know, there are those instances that these kids get to school and they change their whole outfit. And so how do we get these, get our children to understand the importance of what they wear can be a reflection on to not only themselves in a negative way, but to their family. How, what, what are some, I don't have any uh, girls, but I have boys who, you know, they've worn clothes that I don't agree with, like sagging pants and shit like that. And that's, to me, it's, it's not, it's not going to pat, it's not going to fly here. So you're going to pick that, you know, you're going to pull your pants up. So, but how, how do you, um, rear in these children, uh, the, the girls into not following what they're seeing that's so popular? Does anyone want to chime in on that one? Yes. I wanted to chime in on that because these young ladies need to know that you can still look sexy without revealing. 
There is clothing that they make for them. I go into these stores, I see what they're selling. They don't have to wear those revealing outfits. But I also, in addition to that, you know, it also has to really be taught about the self-love because everything right now for these young kids is immediate, fast. I want it now, right? And in their minds, they think, well, if I could, that's the way I have to get the boy to like me is to feel, is to sexualize myself. But what they don't understand is that's the short-term solution. Like, are you trying to catch a fish or are you trying to learn how to fish for life? Because at the end of the day, it, it ends up turning into a whole lot of things. And then just like Jackie said, you got the WAP out there. You got, you know, Cardi B showing her stuff and the woman with her. But you could see she even go through her own problems on her level. They glamorize it. So you're in competition with Instagram and TikTok and all these different things. The media outlet is insane. I just say it's just really about getting in their head that since you are beautiful, you don't have to sexualize yourself and to help and just to learn to teach them how to build their confidence. But the next question would be is where would they learn that from? You have to have a conf have someone confident in your life to teach you that. I think it's a it's a it's a plethora of things that play into fact. Like having the father in the house is imperative in raising children because um we have a you know a teenage daughter and having my husband in the home he gets to see things and he gets to to um mentor her from a man's perspective so he gets to look at her and say hey listen you know those shorts are too short you know i'm a man and i'm telling you you don't need to dress like that you know, and at first I'm like, you know, something wrong with what she's wearing. But then I had to like, because you know, I, I used to dress like that, but I also grew up with the with the with just my mother. I didn't grow up with my father in the house. So having my husband in the household, he's now teaching me as a woman what a teenage daughter should dress like. And I always thought that that was very interesting because you know, if you don't have something, how do you really know what you're missing, right? So having him in the house and him telling me like, hey, listen, you know, her shorts don't need to be that short. You know, her uh, shirt don't need to be that tight and things like that. It now made me look at it like, you know what? You're right. You know, that's over sexualizing our children from a very early age. And mm -hmm. it doesn't need to be and like uh, mm -hmm. Sister Maxine said, you know, it's about the confidence of the mother in the house to now pour into these teenagers or these young girls because it should start from the time of inception. From the time we first, they're first born, we have to constantly keep pouring those things into them. I remember I used to wear uh, the European hair. I used to wear my hair with the with the uh, the long straight weaves and whatnot. And I remember my daughter was about not, uh, seven or so, and she was like, "Oh, I wish um, my hair looked like yours or some crazy thing like that." She said because I don't like my hair. And in that moment, I had to make a decision like, how can I sit here and tell my daughter? that she's beautiful just the way she is when I'm altering the way I look. And from that moment, I immediately took it out of my hair and I never put it back in. And over time, I kept pouring into her, telling her how beautiful she is and on all these things. And at one point she thought she was ugly, but me pouring into her now allowed her to feel confident in herself. And now when I answer those questions, you know, hey, how do you see yourself? Oh, I'm beautiful. And now she loves her natural hair because I had to be the example. You know, it started from me. I had to show her what being a beautiful woman really looks like. 
And it, it starts with, you know, me feeling beautiful about myself and how I look so that I can pour into her and mentor her. I just wanted to add that. Thank you, Empress. Does anyone else want okay. to chime in? Uh, Yashina or Empress uh, Angie or Tareen? Yes. Um, I, 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 you know, I just want to say I, you know, I agree with everyone. Um, it's it's definitely a constant fight uh, when it comes to um, our children being influenced by the outside world. So it, it definitely is important that we, you know, pour into our children, constantly teach them, um, teach them the right way of, of how they should look and how they should dress and also give them an understanding of, of why things are they, of why things are the way that they are that we don't like, you know? And like with me, just like how Janelle was saying, like, it's crazy because my daughter said the same thing to me one time, but only thing for me, I wasn't wearing a weave. I was wearing my own natural hair straightened. And she was all like, mama, you know, I want my hair like yours. And I was like, hold up now. <laughs> Say what now? You know, like, and that's because, you know, with my daughters, I don't straighten their hair. Like, I don't I do not do none of that. Shirley Temples, I don't do anything, anything like that. They wear their natural hair. Even when it's curly, if I want to put some curls in there, I'll throw some coils in there or some rollers before I apply the heat and start frying their hair up like that. So when they see me do my hair like that in their world, it was like all perfect. Then I was like, oh, no. Nah. You know, like, let me get back into me wearing my own hair natural, you know, so my daughters can see, like, hey, ain't nothing wrong with the natural hair now. Mom, mommy was just trying something out, but that ain't who we are. You know, uh, naturally, we have to embrace ourselves of who we are naturally. Um, and even when letting them know we're taking pictures, because unfortunately, the way that our children are taking pictures, even when they're amongst themselves, uh, they're around their cousins, siblings, friends, whatever. You notice they literally are mimicking the same poses that, you know, that they see on social media. Right. You know? And and that's a sad thing, you know. Uh, and like with me, you know, I really find myself just stepping in to have more conversations with my daughters and try to develop, you know, a close relationship with them so that they can look up to me more than, than they do with the people that they see on, in the outside because it, it is a heavy influence that's on our children and whenever we just let things go just let them be influenced by those type of things the harder it is for us to reach our children so yeah like um yeah it, it, you it's, it's definitely you know a battle thank you for thank you for the enlightenment because mm -hmm. i know that i i'm kind of disconnected and sometimes i try to stay aware of what you know i need to be mindful of with our young uh empresses because i'm around boys all the time like all i have are, are boys and so sometimes i need to be you know uh like kind of do a, a self-check on that in that way i can make sure that i talk to young empresses about things of that nature because y'all know what they're listening to more so like I'm not I'm not listening to what they're listening to in particular in my home you know what I'm saying I think Empress um Empress Cindy uh she's gonna put a clip up for our next segment and um I just want to make sure everyone knows to check us out on the wakeupradio.com call in now if you'd like to um, join the conversation with these lovely empresses that I'm 
um, able to be uh, in the in the um, proud company of um, call 844-818-4433 and uh, Empress uh, Cindy roll that clip we walked down this bare brick walled corridor towards the mother and baby unit and Tom's holding my hand like quite firmly and then I hear this baby scream and I just drop his hand and turn and run in the opposite direction because right then I know that what they do is they find bad mums like me they collect them up and then they swap their babies for robots hmm the nurse came out from the ward as well like come on in like your baby's already in there so let's go and see her and she said that at the time she was just terrified and that her priority was to get me into the unit to protect my dignity I was completely convinced that they were still watching me in the unit they had this black box on the roof and I thought the black box was like filming me the whole time, recording everything I said. I refused to eat. I wasn't really drinking. They were then able to diagnose me with postpartum psychosis. I would sit twice a week with the psychiatrist and he would say, score your house suicide you, you feel on a scale of zero to ten. And I'd be sitting there going nine, nine, nine over and over again. The symptoms for postpartum psychosis usually start in the first couple weeks post-birth. I didn't get diagnosed with postpartum psychosis until he was about five months old. There was that, those precious moments that I should have been having that instead I was running around the house worrying about like murderous ninja social workers. The most helpful thing to my recovery in the MBU was the fact that they nurtured my relationship with B. They have trained nursery nurses that do things like splash play activities or weaning classes or baby massage and they help you play with your kid and it probably sounds strange that I needed help to play with my kid but I did. I did. I needed someone to, to give me confidence that I was doing it right. The staff at the MBU did a really good job of personalized care, building up trust and sort of understanding you as a person and what your interests are. I am a complete pop princess. And so they brought in a little music player thing so that I could plug my iPod into it and listen to Beyonce loudly or Taylor Swift loudly and bounce around the room to that. That was again a way of like self-expression and of finding yourself again. For a long time, I felt like I was a terrible mother and it was really the mother and baby unit that that changed my thinking on that. So, Empresses, anybody want to uh, volunteer on um, kicking this topic off? I know we, it was, might have been pretty heavy for some of us. So, if you don't feel comfortable, please don't feel um, pressured to. But um, this, you know, this open forum, so. I will start it off. Um, that was a little heavy. Um, because I, I know that we all in this forum, if we have not experienced um, 
postpartum depression or psychosis ourselves that we do know of another sister that has. Um, coming up uh, from where I'm from and, and the, um, from the PJs, where we are densely populated with uh, so much other um, perils that we have to deal with coming up, it can become quite difficult to have a, a newborn, um, especially if you have an absentee father and uh, you, you're in love, uh, you're hurt because he's not around, he's not accepting the child. In your mind, you've pictured a happy family and it did not turn out like you thought. And when that baby starts crying and you're not emotionally strong to deal with the weight of the world on your shoulders, um, it is it is imperative that we as sisters check in. Um, we should be able to identify when our sisters are going through uh, depression, especially with a newborn. Um, so there have been times that I have literally packed up the bag, <laughs> snatched the baby and said, hey, listen, uh, take your time. I, I have the baby, it's not a problem. Uh, they can stay with me for however long, it does not matter. You need to get you together. Whatever that looks like, whatever it takes. Um, because we know that sometimes that can go way left. Um, and uh, it's our responsibility uh, as the women in the village to make sure that we take care of our, our sisters. We become their keepers and we keep uh, all of the children safe. So um, I do know several of our sisters that have gone through that. And um, the end result was not that great. Um, it definitely didn't end well for the innocent life. Um, so that's all. Um, can I just also add, um, I just wanted to share my, my personal story. Um, I have four kids and I believe that I had suffered from postpartum depression with all of them, but it wasn't until the third baby that I even understood what it was. And with the last two that we had, and um, and I had them back to back, like 22 months apart. So I, I went from, you know, like everyone like pretty much doting on me, always checking on me, seeing how I'm doing and everything. And then after that, I realized that after the baby was born, like no one really cared about how you, mommy, me was doing. Like it was always, you know, oh, let me see the baby. Where's the baby? What's going on with the baby? And I got to the point where I just wanted to just be like cocooned and locked away in my, my room, just me and my baby and you know, where, where no one can like come in and like, like, uh, like interrupt us and interrupt that bonding phase. And it was, it was kind of like, um, a catch 22 because I, I was glad that they were, you know, offering to help with the baby and stuff like that. But at the same time, no one was really asking me how I was doing. And, um, I was, I was in a lot of pain after I had the baby, like physical pain. Um, and, you know, no one really like tapped in to, to, to check in on me. And uh, when, when I saw the clip about, you know, throwing like a, a shower for a mom after she had the baby, I thought that was actually a great 
there because, you know, our mental and our physical is really pushed to the, to the limits when you're having a baby. And people don't realize that, that, you know, the stress that goes on your body when you're, when you're going through childbirth. And um, I don't know. I just think that we, as women, as a society, we, we, we can do, um, which just bring more awareness to the mental health of mommy when, after she has a baby, because sometimes she's not okay. And society tells us that we have to be super mom because we see all these other moms on, on Instagram and, you know, they're doing all these wonderful things and we feel like we have to measure up to that. And when we don't, you know, we start doubting ourselves. Like, Are we doing it right? I'm not a good mother and things like that. So, yeah, I definitely think that this is a topic that really needs to be talked about a lot more and support needs to be um, needs to be around it. I, I definitely understand. I definitely agree. I um, That goes um, to uh, your point a great segue into the mommy showers and how the, these mommy showers have, uh, have become a thing and, and making it a thing, you know, to, to create this, um, loving on, on the mommy party, uh, a month or two after the baby is born. Um, we can all see this here. So it's like, what are y'all's thoughts on spoiling mommy with with new uh, gifts and even with a, a break even? What are y'all thoughts? How, how do you think it would have helped you after having your child? Oh, I'm here for it all day, every day. Spoil the mommy. <laughs> it's, yes. It's, it's, we, we deserve it. We absolutely deserve it. You know, childbirth is kind of traumatizing, you know, especially when you're going through labor. It's, it, it's, if you're in labor for be, um, anything uh, longer than 24 hours, it's traumatic. So um, we don't have time in between childbirth and then coming home with a newborn, staying up all day, um, because we, we all know that the babies don't sleep long um, uh, within the next, within that one to two months until we get them on a schedule. So it could be draining, literally draining, um, emotionally, physically. So yes, an afterbirth shower would be amazing. That's something that we, we, we probably need to start making a trend. That's the new trend that we need to, to start. Yeah, I think that I agree a thousand percent. Um, the tribe thing. Uh, I'm sorry, uh, Empress Chanel, you want to chime in? I'm sorry about that. No, no, no. I was just saying, I agree a thousand percent. That's all I had. Empress Angie, you want to chime in here, Empress? Um, well, I know for myself, because I've seen the, the video, and I'm, I know we were talking about the mommy showers too, but I feel like all of that is important because basically my support system is just only my mom. And you would think because I had my mom, <laughs> it would be a little bit more like helpful, but I feel like it was hurting me at the same time because you know how with some parents, it's kind of like they're basically telling you what's right and what's not right. And I remember one time I was crying and I'm thinking I've I've heard that I was like you know 
take them out for a walk in the stroller. And then the minute that I try to put my daughter in the stroller, my mom's like, no, where are you going? And I'm over here like, um, I was like, I need help because she's crying. I'm like, I couldn't get her to stop crying. So I was like, maybe have her outside, get some fresh air, you know? And I'm just like, uh, again, I mean, I know us as moms, you know, and just having our moms, it can be helpful, but at the same time, it's good and it's bad. So, and the funny thing is that it wasn't even for the first, it was for all three. So I'm just already, I was already at the point like, oh, like, um, I, I think I know this by now. <laughs> I was like, um, I, yeah. think gonna, I think I'm gonna be okay. So, but, <laughs> but um, it's true when it comes to uh, just trying to check up at least on the mom, because that's what I was saying. Like, if there's nobody there, that's, that's kind of tough. And you don't have that kind of support system. So if somebody can come check up on you or, you know, see how you and the baby are doing. So, yeah, that kind of sucks sometimes. Yeah, I, I definitely can see from that perspective how, you know, how that could be a problem. I've, I have friends who had the, the you know, they they were blessed to have their mothers in their life during you know having children and and they would say how you know their mom's like always on them about oh, we did this you did this this is how we do it you know so you get that constant comparison to what they used to do but um, Yashina did you want to chime in here you uh, did you work with any mom mommy babies did any of our nurses work with mommy babies. I'm a grandmother, and um, <clears throat> I know when I did help out with my grand, my oldest grandchild, you know, and my it's actually like my son, you know, he ended up having a child with the girl, and you know I didn't mind spoiling the mother, and I think that ended up becoming a problem because. You know, she was, you know, as the baby got older, she was giving away some of the things that I given her. And then on top of that, she started showing me disrespect. Um, and, and talking to me any kind of way. And, you know, I wasn't tolerating that type of behavior. Um, but... I mean, I did do all that I could do. So when my son ended up having another baby by this woman, young lady, you know, I, I couldn't I couldn't help out because she never apologized and she still had like some of those she she had the same bad behaviors. You know? And and I'm not I'm not. I would just have to see my grandkids when they get older. That's all. I mean, at this point, you know, not every story of someone's pregnancy is gonna be, you know, nice, <laughs> so to say. You know. Right, and it's you just... make a good point. Excellent point. You know, because if if the personalities clash, you mm. you probably gotta maybe help from afar. Um, exactly. For certain situations because we don't vibe with everybody and that includes your own family mm -hmm. blood or or by marriage you know or in-laws mm -hmm. so that's definitely understandable <laughs> empress carrie do you work with mother or babies no not right now 
um, okay. unit manager at nursing home. Okay. Okay. We're talking about postpartum and what we can do as a community and a tribe to, um, to foster, you know, better outcomes with, with our, uh, empresses after they have children to help with postpartum psychosis. I'm mm-hmm. not sure familiar with that. You want to chime yeah. in that? And welcome, well, by the I, way. Thank you. Thank you very much. Um, I, I suffer from it. Uh, pretty bad after I had my son. My son is 30 years old. And, um, I don't think I'm not, I'm not enough people take it very seriously. Um, I think a lot of people still feel like uh, mental illness is something that can be prayed away. And instead of getting treatment, and um, they don't feel like that's something that, it, that you can just, that you have to look at it as if it's like high blood pressure, diabetes, you know, it's a chemical imbalance that you really need to get help for, you know? Right. <clears throat> so I just think that more people really need to take that seriously. It's a very serious condition that if left, you know, it'd be very dangerous. I had wanted to, um, the time in real quick. I don't let you. I don't mean to cut you off, but I, 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 I did have something that I. No, really please. Share. No. Mm-hmm. Go ahead, please. Okay. We love this. Um, we need to open up you. this, so I, I appreciate it. Okay, so um, yes, um, I have also experienced postpartum. Um, I actually almost lost my life. Um, I think that it's just important to be aware of postpartum as it's brewing up before. I mean, well, yeah, before you actually give birth to your children, because my postpartum was stemmed off of a trauma. Um, I was 19 when I got pregnant with my oldest daughter and my father was on drugs at the time. And he was, you know, going through, you know, one of his, um, you know, just going through one of his phases where he would be missing. You know, I wouldn't I didn't hear from him for for months. And, you know, me and my father are, are very close. And when I was pregnant, all I could think about was my father. You know, I was worried about him. And because I was pregnant, you know, my hormones, everything, you know, your hormones go out of whack. Right. And I mean, like, I, I really was just like, just wanted to make sure that he was okay. Like my entire pregnancy. And when I actually gave birth to my daughter, I didn't realize how much that burden that I was carrying throughout my pregnancy, how it actually transferred right through me when I gave birth. And my blood pressure was uncontrollable the day after I had uh, my daughter for about a few hours. Um, And it wasn't looking good for me. Uh, And the reason was that what the reason for that was because after I actually gave birth to my daughter, we came home and I just remember just going inside of my bathroom and just sitting down and just, you know, taking the thought in like, wow, like I'm a mother now, like I'm home. Like I wasn't even home for like a full hour, I don't think. And it was just like, it just felt weird that my father wasn't there. And it just like, I just broke down because 
I was just like, I hope he's alive. You know, like I know he would never do this to me. He would never miss the birth of his first grandchild. Like something's wrong. And when I dwelled in that thought, I just kept going down and down and down. Like I could not control my emotions to the point where my face started swelling up. And then I just started losing my energy. Then, you know, my mother had to rush me to the hospital and it took a little bit to get my blood pressure under control. But after they were able to stabilize my blood pressure, the doctor came into my room the very next morning and he was just puzzled because I was, I was only 20. And he was just like, like, what, what could you possibly be going through in your life at this young age that, you know, you're so, you know, deeply, you know, emotionally hurt. Cause he wanted to know like, what was, you know, what was going on? And I just told him I was worried about my father and, you know, he's, he wasn't a psychologist. So he was just sitting there just like, wow. Like, you know, he had this look on his face, like this poor girl, like what could she have possibly been going through that she almost lost her life after giving birth, you know? And, um, I was on blood pressure medication for, for about like a month or so afterwards, but having support is very important you know because had i would have had that one person in my corner that knew how much i love my dad you know just hey Tony, you okay i know you haven't heard from your dad but you know he'll be all right blah, blah, blah. those little bit of words would have actually gave me strength to to maybe after i gave birth to my daughter it wouldn't have been such a hard thing for me to deal with you know and definitely the thought of having a mommy shower is completely awesome because, you know, after we have a baby, you know, we be feeling like, oh, got to get back in the gym. Where's my girdle? Yeah, yeah I agree. That's you know, a so, great, um, great. Yeah. So um, I just wanted to share that with you guys because it's, it's definitely important to have, you know, uh, support when dealing with postpartum because people, you know, go through that for many different reasons. So, um, man, thank you for that, Empress. Um Yes, please, Empress Monica, please chime in. Yes, uh, pertaining to this topic, um, I've had three pregnancies. I don't really remember being all too depressed because I was really excited about being a mom. Um, but I do remember during my pregnancies, like I was really trying to go more of a natural route. But uh, when I was pregnant with my twins, it was a high risk type of thing. So, you know, um, so I basically had to, you know, go to the hospitals and things like that. Um, I wish I would have known of a doula. I do believe that being in such a sterile setting plays a lot uh, with our whole birthing experience. Um, and while we were talking here, I was just looking up. Uh, different traditions around the world, like in the Netherlands, they they do a lot of home birthing there. Um, and in Brazil, um, much like the mommy showers, they have like gift giving for the moms after they have their babies. Um, and just different things that they do around the country, uh, around the world, I should say, where they actually more so honor motherhood. In Japan, the mom stays with her parents for three weeks and they basically take care of everything while she's bonding with the baby, you know, and a lot of us don't have, like, like we've already stated, we don't have that type of support. So, um, so yeah, 
I'm yeah. I'm in full agreement. Yeah. <laughs> it, it needs to be there. So, um, yeah, I think this was a, a, a definitely must must have conversation we need to have even within our community. Um, Empress Maxine, did you want to chime in here on this topic? Yes, absolutely. Um, listening to all the ladies, when you talk about postpartum, it really did bring out some long-term memories because I was a single mother um, as well. And when I came home from the hospital, that's when it hit me. It hit me that I was a single mother living with my mother at home. And of course, my mom was telling me what to do. <laughs> so it, it was a, a stressful situation for me. Very, very stressful. And it felt burdensome for some time. And I felt disappointed in myself. But uh, over time, I got over it. But it's something I never forgot. And I knew for sure that the next time I had a child, that I was going to have support. I needed support. I was like, I can't do this again. And so the next time, so my daughter, she's uh, 33. I have a son, he's 17. So when I was married, then I had my son. I had a little bit of postpartum, but not the same because by then I'm, in, I'm on my own. I'm married. See, it's a different, your, your environment plays, I believe so much in the postpartum. How are you going to heal? How fast is, I mean, watching that video, that lady, like she never got any reprieve. I've, I've heard of those stories where, they go on much longer. And like Jackie said, even to the death of the child, the mental breakdown. Right. And so I think that if you can catch that mom in that moment, like you said, having the mommy shower, if somebody's there to rally around you, I think that's that would be amazing because it could be a very lonely feeling when you're going through that. Absolutely. Especially those first few. And so, um, Man, this is this is an an excellent um, and much needed topic, and it, I I feel like this is a topic that we can always continue to revisit, um, you know, further down the road. But um, Empress uh, Empress Cindy is in the back; she's about to put on the next clip. We're going to kind of change gears here, so we're going to talk next about masculinity and how it is not toxic. Everyone mute your mic and listen. I got in trouble a while back. How many people saw that Gillette commercial, the toxic masculinity commercial? Oh yeah, oh yeah. It's a real thing. Where are my real dudes at again? Yeah. Okay. The left would have you believe that men are these misogynistic, sexual assaulting predators within our society. But let me tell you a little something about real men, ladies. Real men respect women. Real men protect women. Real men protect the unborn. This whole no uterus, no opinion garbage is just that. We need real men to stand up and fight for the principles that we know to be true within our society. Real men are not bullies. Real men use their strength to lift other people up. And to believe the lie that the mainstream media would have you believe that men are a problem within our society and it's up to the next generation 
to save us from these horrific individuals is simply that a lie. I saw a charity organization the other day. The name of the charity organization is Boys Can Be Princesses Too. It's a 501c3 charity organization. You know what boys can also become? Boys can also become God-loving, women-respecting men. And when did it become a bad thing to teach boys how to become men? Child. So what are y'all thoughts on that? <laughs> no, there's all, this is a pretty hot topic, you know, especially in our day and age. So um, Empress Jackie Q, uh, you want to chime in here first, Empress? I absolutely do. Yes, I do. I have so much to say. Where do I start? Um, the men today are not the same as the men that I remember when I was coming up um, as a young girl. Um, it's just a different day and age. Um, our men today have a lot of uh, feminine ways about them, even if they are not, um, you know, LGBTQ plus, just men. And I, I, I can't quite put my finger on it. Um, all I can think of are all of the issues that might be influences which are loose women, um, women that uh, give no chase, um, leave nothing to the imagination, make it easy, very easy for them, um, um, take care of men as if they are their sons, um, pay their bills, uh, clothe them, feed them. Um, they become surrogate mothers instead of partners. And I think our men are spoiled today. I, you, you got me speechless. Yes, <laughs> you're absolutely right. I mean, we, yeah. me and my husband talked about this, how spoiled these men are. I, did you, did, were you finished Empress Jackie Q? Because I don't want to uh, stop your flow. Oh, no, I, um, that's basically what it is. They're spoiled. They are spoiled. Yes. And they're used to having their way at little to no cost. Um, we've, we've made it very, e well, I won't say we, uh, the younger generation that's out there chasing the bag and chasing a little bit of bill money, um, or maybe a Chanel bag or some Louis Vuitton shoes, you know, um, they've made it quite easy. And it has become quite difficult for real women because they expect real women to um, act as girls. And when we say no, then they throw a fit and I'm out of here yeah. and they go to what's easy. So, um, yeah, that is, that is, is, is uh, it's very different to navigate in today's society as a single woman, such as myself, but I hold. I refuse to fold and bend towards their their will um, because I, I just, I have too much respect for myself. And I just want to say that. Yes, Empress Chanel, um, what are your thoughts um, 
on this topic? Well, I have a whole, whole lot of thoughts. <laughs> but yeah, I did want to say, say um, having a man yeah. in the house, having the man in the house is, I can't stress how important it is. Uh, again, I, I grew up in a single, a single mother household and the things that was allowed in the household, I mean, not saying that, you know, we were, you know, loose or wayward because my sister and I, we weren't, you know, we didn't run the streets and things like that. But having a man in the house, it definitely helps in curving the boy's behavior. I remember when my son was in like fifth grade. So I think he was probably like maybe 10 and he had just came off punishment for about a week. And then um, that morning I was fussing with him about something that I've been talking to him about forever. And he wasn't, he wasn't respecting the house rules. So I put him back on punishment by taking away his electronics. This little boy got so pissed off that he stormed past me and he like, he bumped me, right? Now I grew up in the eighties. Now I don't know about y'all, but I grew up in Brooklyn in the 80s. When somebody bump you, that means they ready to fight. So I, I immediately, it took me right to the street. So I immediately forgot that I was mommy and I threw my hands up like, oh, you trying to fight? Like, that's, that's what you're telling me? I said, you know what? Because I'm a lady. I'm not even going to fight you. I'm just going to tell your father, right? So I called him on the phone and, you know, I'm like, I'm all the way live. I'm like, let me tell you, this little boy did this and he did that. I'm, I'm all the way pissed off. So anyway, my husband comes home and he dealt with it. Um, because we realized that he was transitioning from being a little boy to a young man. Testosterones are flowing and, you know, and he's at that age where he wants to challenge me now. Right. So, you know, having, you know, right. I could have dealt with it but as a woman, I don't need to deal with a hormonal boy. I'm not going to do it. So I let my, I tap, I tap, I tag my husband in and I let him deal with it. And when my daughter is being hormonal, my husband tags me in so that I, I can deal with it. And, you know, and that's pretty much how, you know, and I had to get to a point where, you know, when my husband was disciplining him on certain things, I had to fall back because as, as a woman, I'm nurturing and I want to jump in and save him and cuddle him and all these different things and my husband had to tell me like no listen you know you don't know how to raise a boy you have to allow me to step in and teach him these life skills that only me as a man can teach him and i think that it was very necessary now my son is not the most like you know tough boyish masculine boy but at the same time he does understand his role in this house as a young man because my husband is here to segue that and and and, and really show him what I cannot. I, I can only show him what I can show him through my eyes as a woman. I can't do it from, from a man's perspective. So I think having the man in the household is very crucial to the development of our young boys who are going to be marrying, you know, our daughters tomorrow. I just wanted to add that. Yes, thank you, Empress, because that is that's definitely I'm you're so on point. I, I have nothing but boys, so I definitely understand where you're coming from. Um, that is so essential with even if you're not parenting under the same household to parent um, with the other parent 
that goes for, you know, women who, who don't have their children and vice versa. You know, the, we have to learn how to get, get along for the children and put aside our differences and allow that boy, especially, I mean, girls, especially too. I mean, just like you said, I mean, there are, there are cases where the, the, the man, the male is being impressive upon the, the daughter, you know, and, and that's who she's going to emulate in her life, you know, as far as who she's going to, uh, end up either being with possibly, and, and sometimes it may, the opposite may happen. It, it's not uncommon, but, you know, we want to have those type of figures around our children. So that, that is so imp- imperative, especially with the emasculation of our men. Um, and, uh, Empress Carrie has something to add here. You want to go chime in Empress Carrie? Oh, I, I just, I'm sorry, Empress Carrie. I want to go ahead and uh, I want to shout out our engineer behind the scenes, Cindy Ashby. Uh, I'd be remiss not to to shout her out in this. Um, this is a beautiful moment to me. This is uh, something that I never thought that, you know, in my wildest dreams, but it, it's come to fruition. Divine femininity. Um, we have Empress Chanel, Empress Yashina. Please correct me if I said that wrong. Empress Jackie Q, Empress Maxine, Empress Tareen, Empress Carrie, and Empress Monica in the house. Um, and I, I just, I feel honored to be here. Check us out on the wakeupradio.com or otwtube.com. Call in now if you'd like to take part in this conversation with uh, the ladies. Um, 844-818-4433. Empress Carrie, please chime in. I agree with Chanel when she talks about the importance of uh, a man in the household, a father in the household. Um, fathers bring order and, and decorum. Um, as far as these uh feminized men, um, they just don't suddenly become effeminized as men. So my question is, is, you know, who's raising these effeminized men? Um, They're usually become that way because they have grown up surrounded by women who have coddled them and spoiled them. And they have taken on the traits of the women uh, around them. That's how they become that way. Um, uh, they they generally aren't any good to any woman, in my opinion. <clears throat> so that's that's how they end up uh, looking for a woman uh, to raise them, basically. So fathers are important. They're necessary. So true. So true. Absolutely. Uh, Empress Maxine, did you want to chime in here? Thank you for that, Empress Carrie. That uh, you're very passionate, and I, I I agree with you. Fathers, we have to make sure our men know that they're important to to our children today, because that's obviously what the problem is. If we see the commonality, we know what we need to fix. So thank you for that, uh, Empress Carrie. Empress uh, Maxine, please, uh, you're up next. Yes, um, I wanted to chime in because what I realized 
you know, going from boy to men is that in our households, it's like we raise our daughters. You heard the saying, raise our daughters, love our sons. And believe it or not, men love deeper. Men love deeper than women. So if they're not, if they're traumatized as a child by their mother, check every man that all I hear what everyone's saying, but check every man that's, that has that childish issue or whatever it is going on. There's an issue with them and that mother. If we had more of our boys, like I have a son, 17 years old, it's so important that he sees his mother in a, in a good light and I have to raise him. And I'm telling you, it's like going through a little cloth. It's so much more details to raise the boy than it is a girl. Girls can pick it up and get, go on, but boys need a lot more attention. They need a lot more when it comes to that. And I think we were so conditioned in our families to say, when we see the boy crying, shut up be quiet, suck it in. So these boys are walking around with all these emotions. I see it all the time. I've seen it in my own family, but yes. the girls are always being taken care of. So the boys are kind of neglected. So now you've got these men children walking around here. They've been told that they can't be who they are. They've been told that they can't be confident. There's no father in the house. No dad is in the house. Mom is raising them. So, but I would always, you know, especially if you all have young girls, I would always tell, tell your girls, if you want to date a guy, ask him what his relationship with his mother is. Oh my and if it's, God. Ask him that question. I guarantee you, if he's going to say one or two things, I hate that bitch, or I can't stand her, don't bring up my mother, or I really, I'm sorry, I have to say it like that, <laughs> or I love my mother. I love my mom. Really tell me more about your relationship with your mom. I'm telling you that is the core right there. That can say 50% of what the relationship is going to be like. If you're dating, I don't care how old you are. Ask that man, what is the relationship with his mother? When I met my husband, I went to New York to meet his mother. Cause I wanted to know what, I want to see what you guys relationship is like. You are so spot on Empress. Spot on. Um, Empress Perry wanted to chime in, wanted to respond. I want to say that she's absolutely right about um, the interest that men hold in. And I believe that's why uh, men under report uh, the violence that is against them because they're victims of abuse uh, also. Because I think society in general doesn't view men as victims. Um, even when they're little boys. So um, that's all I really want to say, That how much I agree with her, absolutely everything that she said. Yes, ma'am. Thank you. Um, <clears throat> let's see. Uh, did anyone else want to chime in before we go to this last topic? Empress Jackie Q? Yes. Um, Sister Maxine, spot on. Um, I was actually going to speak to that because of my own personal experience. And you are exactly right. That is a question that we all should ask when we're meeting someone, um, you know, out there in the dating scene. Um, because of my own experience, um, I went through hell in a relationship. When I say hell, um, as loving as I knew this man was, 
I just couldn't understand why he did not hold women in the highest regard. And we started having conversation and, and, and that's what came out. It was because of the upbringing. It was because of how he felt personally about um, how he was raised or, you know, uh, what he was exposed to uh, as a child. And I, I paid the price for that. So it, it is definitely important for us to ask that question, to pay attention, to see what that relationship with mom is like, because mom is the one who teaches a man how to love a woman. Father, fathers, yes, um, they play a role in that too, but definitely the mother. Um, if he has that utmost respect for his mom and love, then he'll give that to his partner. So yes, thank you for pointing that out. That's peace. That's peace. Um, um, red flags. flags. I, I agree with everything that's been said. Um, but I did want to add that um, with masculinity and femininity, we need to show our children examples of healthy relationships. Speaking for myself, I grew up without a father in the home. Uh, I do remember my mother having a boyfriend, but he was never like a stepfather. And um, so I, I, other than her catering to him, I really didn't see um, like an example of a healthy relationship, which led to a lot of my failed relationships because what I thought I was doing the right thing or, or even just attracting the wrong people or, or not knowing the, the signs and symbols and red flags to look for and what to avoid. Uh, when I was married, I married a mama's boy and not in a healthy sense. Um, so um, I just wanted to add that, that uh, I no, think it's important for us to teach our kid what healthy relationships look like. Yeah, it's, I think our trial and error, we have to sometimes, you know, humble ourselves and speak to that with our children so they don't make the same mistakes and fall into that generational curse um, by allowing them to not know that we made mistakes. And it doesn't necessarily mean that, that we have to, to um, yeah, uh, divulge everything that we've done in our past to our children, but we can still speak to it to where they know that it, there there's wisdom behind it and that they make better choices and who they pick and, and, and are making uh, choices as far as how our men move. Because when we tell our children, we have our boys twerking and, and they're, they're um, twerking about behind a, a melanated woman, um, things like that is, 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 is disturbing and we have to make sure that that our children know that you know there are certain behaviors, and a father is going to have to implement those behaviors into that child, and it has to come from that father. So, I mean, yeah, there is so essential for us to have our fathers in in our boys' lives, so that we end this this effemination of of our men. Um, so I don't know if if uh, Emperor Cindy, if you had that clip for feminists, 
fem the feminist movement is up next. We'll mute our mics. Decision to have a child should not be a matter to be decided by the male-dominated legislature. <laughs> The 1960s and 70s ushered in big changes for women in America. From family life to the workplace to reproductive rights, there was a charge for change known as the women's rights movement. But long before then came the fight for women's suffrage, which granted American women the right to vote in 1919. That movement, led by Susan B. Anthony and Elizabeth Cady Stanton, paved the way for the second wave of feminism in the 60s and 70s. In 1960, family planning was transformed as the FDA approved birth control pills for contraceptive use, opening a new chapter for the career women. About three years later, at the urging of Esther Peterson, President John F. Kennedy signed the Equal Pay Act. Also that year, Betty Friedan published The Feminine Mystique, which documented what she saw as the oppression of middle-class women. We're all housewives, we, you know, in the beginning and in the end, although we have to be much more than that in the world now. By the 1970s, women of all ages, races, and backgrounds had joined in the fight for equality. Gloria Steinem campaigned for a constitutional amendment to guarantee equal rights for women. And in 1972, Congress passed the Equal Rights Amendment. Though the amendment was never ratified, the following year, the Supreme Court would make a decision that would have a profound effect on the lives of American women. In the landmark case Roe v. Wade, the High Court ruled that a woman has a constitutional right to choose to have an abortion. Abortion services were made safer and more accessible to women after the ruling, which would face repeated challenges in later years. Although Roe v. Wade was decided in 1973, the fight over abortion rights and women's equality continued to this day in the U.S. and around the world. So, the feminist movement, how the feminist movement has affected us. Y'all know I have my own, uh, my own feelings about this, but I don't want to, I don't want to chime in just yet. Um, <clears throat> I don't, I, I'd like for, uh, Empress, go ahead, Empress Chanel. So um, in my household, in my household now uh, as an adult, um, it was always understood that as the woman, I pretty much ran the household in the sense of, you know, what we eat, what we wear, um, you know, just just the the day to day the the the, the day to day things that make our family function, what has always been you know my role in the house. I'm not at war with my husband. I'm not at war with 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 any with the, with the male population in general. Um, I think that you know every everyone has a place, and, and if we understand what our roles are, then we wouldn't. We wouldn't look at it as as uh, it needs to be a feminist movement because we have to, you know, fight for our rights. And the one clip that says, you know, what my vagina is not public property or whatever the hell that means. Um, I don't know. I just think that that we as women, you know, birth control is can be a good thing, yes, but 
the feminist movement was more than just about birth control. It was about dividing the the man and the woman in the household. And it's about, you know, teaching the woman how to go against the family. Um, you know, my husband says it best, you know, in, in, um, in the kingdom, you know, when you go against the king, it's called treason. And, you know, in your household, you know, you have your king and you have your queen and each of those, um, each of the king, both king and queen have their roles in the, in the home. And it's the king's job to protect and serve the family, to protect the family. I'm sorry. And it's the queen's job to serve everyone in the family. So, you know, this feminine movement is just teaching us to pretty much go against our natural order. And that's why we have so much chaos now. You know, before the feminist movement, the household ran like a well-oiled engine. Now, I think everything is just turned upside down because no one has the blueprint on what they're really supposed to be doing. And that's why we have all this friction going on in our communities. I just wanted to add that. No, thank you. Thank you. Such so many gems. Thank you, Empress. Um yeah, uh that that is so true. We have to realize that there is a natural or even in the animal kingdom they know better. So uh Empress Cindy chimed in on this convo. Let me just find her quote, y'all. Hold on. Lord, the the white women got beef with white men. It ain't never been our beef, but that's how I feel. And then, uh, oh, okay, I'll let Jackie chime in on hers. I see her. I see you, Empress. So, um, go ahead, Jackie Q, Empress. Um, I I I have two things to say. Number one, that this was not our movement. Number two, we never did have a chance to take a breather from coming from the fields, from working for those slave owners, to sitting on our asses to raise our kids because we was raising our kids, their kids, and everybody else's kids. Um, if we did have a choice as melanated women, I think we would have preferred to sit home and allow our husbands to go to work and bring home the bacon for us to fry up in the pan. It was never our movement never so this tear in the fabric in our communities and in our homes was not our um that was not our battle to fight we just got swept up in it so we are now suffering uh you know from this this feminist movement and let me just read to you let me just give some facts gloria steinem was a cia operative that was tasked to inject the feminist movement into the black community. So that just tells you there that, you know, with everything that they've always done, it was always a motive behind it. And that motive directly affected the black community. We just follow. Um, and I think that this was the beginning of uh, the, the the disruption in, in our Black homes um, across the board. And now we are seeing the effects, the, the domino effect of it. So um, I, I've never been for the fit feminist movement. I know my place um, as a woman, period, as a mother. I, I um, When I first moved down here to the DMV area, 
I was fortunate enough to be able to stay home for three years and raise my children. And it was the best thing ever to be able to wake them up in the mornings, get them up and ready for school, pack their lunches, take them to school, drop them off, go home, clean, cook, and be ready to pick them up. And everything was all, it was smooth. It was beautiful. And I, I think we need to, to try to kind of go back to that and, and within our communities. And thank you. No, thank you for that. Um, yeah, we uh, we definitely, you know, that, and I think that kind of goes back to that, you know, uh, being there for our moms after they have children, uh, making sure, especially those who um, are without a partner, you know, in their consistent in their life. Um, being that for them, because a lot of times those women have to go straight to work. You know, they don't they don't have the luxury of um, being a stay at home mom. So it's it's a blessing to hear uh, Jackie Q and Chanel's story um, on how they're able to to be at home. And, and a lot of us can can also do that um, if we find methods in in a doing in doing so like starting our own businesses and and things of that nature but um did anyone else want to chime in on oh yeah empress chanel go ahead and chime back in on this topic before we move forward um yes i just wanted to um piggyback to what jackie q was saying about you know you know being home with being uh, allowed the luxury to be home with our babies i remember a few years ago when my husband um, this made the decision. He said, hey, listen, you know, I don't want you working anymore. I'd rather you be at home. I said, oh, sign me up. Cut the check, sign me up. Because I have such, as the mother, I have such an amazing bond with my kids. And my kids were grown, not grown. Let me, let me just stop exaggerating. <laughs> they were about mm, like eight, nine years old at the time. And the older one was maybe like 12. But um, they love my kids. Love spending time with me, and when I'm home with them, oh my gosh, it's like it's like Christmas every single day. And um, we have also around that same time um, we left corporate America. We also took our kids out of public schools and started homeschooling them. And when I tell you my kids were elated, you know, I would wake them up with love and hugs and kisses, and you know, we would sit on the couch and we would you know do their lessons together. It was such an amazing experience that when we had the, the other, the younger two sets of kids and I was able to just be home with them from, I lived, we, we had two home births. So first of all, the, the last two was born at home. And from now, from the time they were born until now, they have never left our side ever. The baby just turned two and this is her first time being away from us. She's um, actually spending some time away um, for a couple of weeks with, um, with my sister, um, her, her and the two little ones. And, you know, at first I was like, oh my gosh, I missed it. My kids, but you know, they're having a good time. But I say that to say, you know, the mothers bond with the children, just like in the animal kingdom, you know, they're with the mothers until they're able to just, uh, you know, be able to go out on the, into the world and take care of themselves. It is our rightful place to be home with our kids. Now, if we want to go out and work, you know, it should be uh, a choice and not 
um, because it, it's a necessity, you know, and I think that's what the feminine movement took away from us. It took away our choice to want to stay home because they kept drilling in our head. Like if we don't go to work, you know, we're bad humans and for depending on our, 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 our men and, you know, all these crazy things. And I just wanted to add that in like, you know, it should be our choice to stay home, not, you know, Oh, oh, you know, we have to go to work because that's what society tells us we have to do. I just wanted to. No, thank you. Thank you, Empress uh, Chanel. Um, sorry, ladies. Uh, trying to get adjusted here. <laughs> um, Empress Carrie, someone mentioned, who was it here? Oh... Somebody wanted to hear your your take on the bonnets. Cindy, yeah. So, uh, you know, Cindy's working in the background. So I want to give her her shout out again, um, you know, for for putting this together. Thank the Empress for for her talent and for her platform. Um, it's on the wakeupradio.com, otwtube.com. Call in um, if you'd like to chime in before the end of this conversation. Um, we're at 844-818-4433. And then uh, I, I just wanted to see if, Carrie, if you had anything to add about the, I don't know if you're familiar with Monique's stance on the bonnets and wearing them out in public. Um, did you want to chime in on that? Yeah, I am familiar with uh, Monique's video. I just want to say real quick that um, there was a time when uh, Black women were the most, the highest number of married women in this country. Um, it was in the 40s and 50s. And up until, I want to say, like, right after emancipation, up until, like, World War II, they there were a lot of black women that were stay-at-home wives. Um, <clears throat> you can find that I want to say at blackdemographics.com. So there was a time up until World War II, and that's when um, a lot of black women, and actually a lot of women, period, went into the workplace, um, obviously to support the war effort. But uh, yeah, I am familiar with uh, Monique's video. Um, and I thought her video was, I thought her video was appropriate. Um, it was very tasteful. It was nice. It came, you could tell from a, a place of love. It was a lot nicer than something that I was at. <laughs> That's for sure. Right. I think those bombs right. need to be torched. Um, I hate seeing the, the bonnet. It's, they just—I don't have anything to say about it, honestly. I—I I, I don't. I don't know when, what happened, or when we just stopped taking. So many of us stopped taking pride in our appearance. Yeah, I—I I, I think several. I, I don't know. I don't know when that happened, and, and it's just completely unnecessary. Yeah, I think everybody was in agreement with you on on that note, uh, Empress Carrie. Um, I've heard some people say they only wear it to go get their hair done or things like that. But I was taught like other ladies here that you just don't mm -hmm. go out 
to wear to bed. It just wasn't a thing yeah. that you did. And, you know, uh, it, it was an, a big no-no. You never went out in something that you wore. Right. wore yeah, exactly. Like my mother, like she used to wear, like when she had rollers in her hair, like she wouldn't even have like a scarf over her hair with her rollers on. Like this was like back in the day in the 70s. She would go to the mailbox and that would be like about it. No, nowhere else. Yeah. So I'm, I'm not sure when that shift was, but um, like um, <clears throat> one of the nursing homes I worked at, the girls would come in and they would wear bonnets on their head. And, you know, I would just try to talk to some of these young girls about their appearance and, you know, trying to, you know, just take a little bit of pride in their appearance. And one one girl said to me, she said, you know, my mama don't think there's anything wrong with how I look, you know, so why should I listen to you? And that's sort of when I said, well, you know, and I didn't even think about it that way. So, you know what, if her own mother doesn't think that there's anything wrong with the way she looks, then you know what, why should she listen to me? So, right. That was, that was, uh, that was me telling. Right. Okay. Another one of the uh, another empress mentioned that uh, that they that's what they see at home too. So, um, mm -hmm. I just wanted to uh, thank you, thank you, Carrie, for your your input on that on that subject. Um, I wanted want us to go around and just um, if we could start with Empress Chanel. And just give your your information again, your name, and and how and what business you have, so we can, you know, put a spotlight on each and every one of you beautiful empresses, um, and your work that you're doing, you know, out in your communities. Um, please just uh, take two minutes to tell us how you can be reached, what it is that you do to provide. Um, you know, services to our melanated brothers and sisters. Thank you. Absolutely. Thank you so much. And it's been a pleasure having these conversations with you ladies tonight. My name is Chanel and I am the other half of Power Couples in Biz. I co-own that with my husband. It's a uh, business coaching company that caters to entrepreneurs looking to create a legacy for, their, for themselves and their family. And we just help through mentorship and we create, help you create a blueprint so that you can leave that legacy for your family. We're also a family owned event space here in Brooklyn, New York. Uh, you can find us on Instagram. Um, and, um, but the best way to reach us is probably through our Melanated Universe 98. Um, that's our IG page. It's Melanated Universe 98 on Instagram. That's the best way to reach us. And I look forward to chatting with you guys. Thank you. Thank you. Empress Tareen, let us know about you and what we can do to reach out to you um, to support your business or your endeavors. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Um, and thanks again, uh, uh, Letitia and Cindy, for this opportunity to speak on this platform. Um, I really appreciate it. Um, but yes, um, as I mentioned earlier, I do sing. I also write music. As of right now, uh, I'm on Instagram. You can always search me on Instagram. On, on Instagram, my name is spelled T 
A U R E E N. Um, and I am also a financial coach um, that I'm currently in training. So you definitely uh, just keep a lookout on some things that um, that I'm working on. But yeah, you guys can uh, can reach me out there on IG. And thanks again. And I've heard um, Empress Tareen blow. So, I mean, I'm just saying, y'all just got to listen to her. Go to her, check her page out. And I've also um, worked, I've had the pleasure to work with Empress Chanel and her wonderful husband. Um, They're a wonderful power couple. Um, I do encourage you to check check her out as well. Empress Carrie, can you... Um, Give us a little information about you or how we can reach out to you. Um, if you have a business you'd like to, to um, you know, um, put a plug in there. That way we can know how to support you. Um, my business is called Creations, Crafts, and More by Carrie. It's in the very early stages. So I'm just still putting the page and everything together. And um, so as I get it up, I certainly will let you women know. I appreciate being here on this platform with you all. I'm looking forward to meeting here with you all and vibing twice a week. It's a pleasure and an honor. Thank you. Yes. Creation, uh, creations. Is it Creations Crafts by Carrie? Creations, Crafts, and More. By Carrie. Okay. If you if you're uh, if you like house plants and gardening, it, it's it'd be a little bit of everything. Okay. Is this on dot uh, uh, com or Facebook? Well, it'll be on uh, Etsy. Um, I'll have a, a shop store on um, a link on IG and Facebook. Okay, that's what's up. Thank you, because I'm uh, actually started. I'm gonna start gardening. I just received my pot, my potting plants. So, and I continue to be inspired by the next um, Empress up, Jackie Q. If you'll please um, delight us with your information. Yes, um, I have a few things. So I'm gonna talk really fast. <laughs> All right, um, I have two businesses. Um, one is Mistress Anju LLC. That is mistressanju.com. We sell art, apparel, um, beautiful wall decor. Um, that is M-I-S-T-R-E-S-S-A-N-J-U.com. My second business is Jaoni Products. That is J-O-N-I-P-R-O-D-U-C-T-S. And that is on Instagram uh, or Facebook, Joni Products. Um, I'm also advocating for the black farmers uh, here in the United States with 2020 Farmers Co-op. That is 2020 Farmers Co-op, C-O-O-P.com. We are looking for all farmers, urban, uh, uh, rural, non-farmers. You can actually buy a share and become a, a private equity investor. Um, I implore everyone to sign up and volunteer. Um, my fourth effort is uh, a project in Senegal, Africa. Um, we're developing land, 10 acres of land, hemp and other uh, produce. And if you want to become an equity um, partner, 
and that project, you can contact me on Instagram at lovely J. That's L-U-V dot L-E-E-J-A-Y. And that is my Instagram tag. And I thank all of you ladies for um, allowing me to share with you tonight on this forum. And thank you, uh, the amazing Cindy Ashby, for uh, giving us this forum uh, to speak on these topics and on the Wake Up Radio. Thank you. Yes, thank you. Thank you, Empress. And uh, we'll be able to hear this played back on uh, otwtube.com, everyone. Um, We have four minutes left. Empress Maxine, if you'll take a couple of minutes and then Empress Monica, please. Hi, yes. Uh, Again, my business is ministryandwellness.com. I can be. I have the website ministryandwellness.com, just like it's spelled. I'm also on Instagram and with the same name. It's just ministry underscore and underscore wellness on Instagram and on Facebook. It's just ministry and wellness. And um, I specialize in alternative solutions for stress and pain and discomfort. I also give free consultations. Same for detox, teaching you how to cleanse your body right. But lastly, um, what I always like to give back to my community is because I'm a licensed health plan advisor, is how to properly look over your health plans, whether you're in corporate America or have an individual plan. I find that it could be very confusing. If I wasn't a health plan advisor, I wouldn't understand myself. People understanding deductibles, out of uh, you know, out of pocket maximums and everything. So I always give that free to the community. If you want to know how to fight a bill, I can help you with that too. No cost to my community. That's my give back. Thank you. Awesome, Empress. Thank you for that information. Empress Monica, please. Please. Okay, last but not least, um, Brooklyn Queen125 on Instagram. Um, I'm currently also working with Chanel and her husband, uh, so stay tuned for that. Um, basically, just spreading the word, trying to increase our financial literacy in our community. And uh, yeah, Brooklyn Queen one two five on Instagram. And I, and I, I, I of, of uh, being a, a tribe sister to Empress Monica, and um, I thank her for her her um, her wealth of knowledge that she shares with us um, on a regular basis. So I just wanted to to tell you that Empress Monica. Um, but yeah, uh, so I'm uh, I'm Letitia. I'm here in Austin, Texas, and I I'm a registered nurse. Uh, my IG handles Letitia L E T I C I A dot Smith seventy six, um, and um, I do have a, a handle there, and um, I post a lot for uh, consciousness and and for awareness and to educate our people and i have a business that's in transition so i'm not going to put it out there yet but um and then we also have a nonprofit that we work with mentoring boys um at, through basketball so um but i want to thank everyone who's on who's who was here and on today is this has been i'm so full and this has been such a great interaction does anyone want to say anything before we close out? Thank you. I just want to thank you all for this opportunity. Sister Cindy, thank you so much 
for having me on this platform and all you wonderful ladies. It just feels so amazing to be here with all these powerful sisters. I thank you. Uh, yes, I agree. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you all. It's been amazing. Yes, thank you, guys. You guys have an awesome, awesome evening, ladies. Thank good, you. Night. good night. Thank you. Good night. You as well. Thank you. Good night, Peace, goddesses. Peace and blessings. Here it is, y'all. Are you tired of being censored? Shadow banned? Shit, are you just tired of creating content and making these platforms famous? Well, I'm asking you to support OTW2. It's the black YouTube. Why, you may say? Because our content is important and necessary. And because anytime we tell the truth, they shut us down on their platform. So we are behind enemy lines, so we cannot complain. We just gotta move accordingly, smarter. So since we know many of our people won't just jump ship and go to a black site, what I'm telling you to do is don't post everything that is great on their platforms. Give them purge people a 10 second snippet, a 15 second snippet, and make them come to OTW Tube and come check you out. Support black things or stop complaining. Because only unity, black unity, and black economics can change our situation. Wake up, y'all. OTW Tube is where it's at. Look it up. Flawed individual. Thanks for keeping the lights on, Deang. Cindy Ashby Production. Ashby Production. Ashby Production. On the wake up.